Hi everyone, welcome to HubShot's episode 211. In this episode, we discuss bogus outreach emails, banning TikTok and how to use PySync to sync customers into zero. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot-focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your sales, marketing and service results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I am really well and we have so much to get through in the show tonight. You know what? I was just wanted to alert our listeners. This will be a longer episode than normal. And it's funny because remember a couple of episodes ago, we said, oh, we're going to try and do them in 15 minutes. And of course, we failed after about a week or two because I just yabber on too much. But we actually had listeners say to us, oh, no, we like the longer format. We don't like the shorter format. So back to kind of a longer format. But actually, this might go over time. Please let us know whether you actually stick around to the end or whether we should try and keep it just back to 22 minutes, which is where we usually end up around. All right. So, our growth thought of the week, Craig, is about bogus engagement emails. And Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we spoke about this back in uh, episode 133, wasn't it? It's like someone has rehashed this again to bring it, bring it to light. Yeah, almost two years ago, we spoke about this with some bemusement at the time. I listened back to it and we do have a link in the show notes, shot seven of episode 133. But I got this email and we were sharing it on our WhatsApp group and just laughing about how I'm hesitant to say dishonest, although it borders on it, but it's disingenuous. And I'll just explain what it is. They've got this, obviously, an email template. I think they're using Active Campaign to send this out. And by the way, the person that sends this, I actually quite like him. I'm, and I've actually bought some of his products. So it was disappointing to see this. I'm actually a fan. He does really good stuff. But he's purported to have sent on so a message from the CEO sent to his assistant and the assistant forwards that to me to say oh my CEO said you know we should check in book in a time in the calendar it's just look just look it's so bogus you can tell for starters it's a mass email two there's not even any timing on the forward supposedly from the CEO so it's obviously just a template that they've put in the placeholder tokens and three you and I received the exact same email I'm just like, does this work on anyone? Maybe it does. You know what, Craig? I think it must work. I mean, people obviously, you know, are thinking, wow, he actually cares. And I need to book a time in. I mean, what's the dead giveaway? It says send to you. It's got the unsubscribe link. It's got the details that looks like email marketing. So you kind of wonder how this happened. But here you go, folks. Again, some of these old tactics are coming to the surface again we've got a screenshot in the show notes check it out have a laugh and let us know if you have a laugh and uh, send us a connection yep (laughs) book a time in craig's calendar i say (laughs) it's too funny anyway on to our hubspot marketing feature of the week craig and this is using pysync to sync customer contacts into hubspot from HubSpot to zero and back again, keeping things in sync again. So now, listeners, if you didn't listen to our previous episode about PySync, please do. It's got some really great stuff. And one of the things you should know, PySync is integration platform as a service. So iPass, and it keeps data in sync between the two. So here's one use case that Craig has implemented. And I'd re- recommend it. people do implement it because I'm sure a lot of listeners actually use HubSpot and Xero and use PySync to push your contacts in there. So Craig, tell us what you've done. All right. Well, I've got a few screenshots in the show notes where I just walk through. We've just created a custom contact property, which is just yes, no. Should we sync this contact to Xero? 
So we want HubSpot to be our source of truth anyway. So the custom property, and then I've got a screenshot on a contact, how we just turn that on. Yes. And that of course just feeds into an active list. Then we go over to PySync and we sync contacts from that active list over to zero. Now it's a two-way sync, which means if it changes in zero, it gets synced back to HubSpot. But just to be clear, it's not syncing back all the records from zero back. It's only the HubSpot ones in this list. So it's really nice. That's one of the things I really like about PySync. I'm a PySync convert, by the way. Thanks to you, Ian. You've convinced me. Although I still, I have to say, I hate their password, this login thing. Have I whinged about that enough? Anyway, sorry. (laughs) Craig, you can use the login with your HubSpot ID or Google. Yeah, but not for for clients, managing clients. This no, is not the for thing. managing it's clients. It's not scalable. Correct. It's not agency friendly. Anyway, not I yet. whinged about that last episode, folks. So if you want to hear me rant on like an angry old man, you can listen to that. But this is really cool. And we're going to be using PySync more and more. I think it's such a such a wonderful tool. Now, listeners, I do want to give Craig some kudos. The way he set this up, he has nicely organized it. And he has created some custom properties to do the sync. And you can even have a look in the notes. You'll see he's nicely even placed it on the contact screen in a separate section called PySync Options. And he's got a few different ones because he's gonna he's trying to sync this to possibly teamwork and to Google Contacts. And last episode, I spoke about syncing Office 365 contacts into here. So you've just done it really nicely, Craig. And I want to say, well done. Thank you. All right, Craig, now on to our next shot, which is our HubSpot sales feature of the week. Oh, my goodness. When you showed me this, I'm like, yes, turn this on. Talk about it's. It's got AI. It's all about AI, Ian. It must be good. It oh, is, actually. It's full of goodness, Craig. It's always getting better, isn't it? It's all about growing better. Anyway, so this is an option, and you. this is probably turned on by default in your portal. It's under the contact and companies setting and you'll see it says automatically capture contact details from emails with HubSpot AI and what it does it uh, reads people's signatures from their contacts and will populate fields in the contact record now here is the thing it's turned on by default now what you need to do is you need to enable inbox automation under the settings and email integrations and what this does is actually tells the system, the AI, that it can read your inbox and capture details to populate those records and even create follow-up task suggestions, which I thought was really interesting. So as it's scanning it, it's probably looking for things that indicate that there is some sort of follow-up that's needed and it's going to obviously give you the option to have a task there. So it's, it's really cool. I had this turned on and I thought, oh yeah, this is good. I couldn't see any happening. And then as I read further, I discovered that you need to have this inbox automation, which is in beta currently. And we put links to the articles, but well worth the try. And I'm going to see what's happening. I'm really excited about this when you showed me this. I thought, oh, wow, it's totally, I didn't even expect this kind of thing from HubSpot. So I say this, oh, wow, that's a great idea. Of course they should do this. Uh, just be aware, folks, they have access to your inbox. So I know that's not comfortable for some people. I've given up any any pretense that there's privacy in my inbox on Google when we use G Suite. So look, just be mindful of that. It will, uh, of course, look in your inbox and through emails, but I'm fine with that. I'm not saying everyone should be fine with it. And it's also, I guess, yeah, yeah you trade off uh, that lack of privacy for utility. 
All right, Craig, uh, HubSpot's Dumper of the Week. And this is revisiting the form submission reports from episode 207. And we answered a question around how to display on the dashboard a list of pop-up form submissions. And we had a follow-up question from Martin. So thank you for connecting with us, Martin. So I'm going to read what Martin wrote on the LinkedIn post. And he said... Hi guys, quick question. It is my understanding that the property form submission changes each time the contact fills out a new form. Does the report look at the property's historical values or is it just showing the last value? Now, Martin, there is no form submission property in a contact record. There is the number of form submissions and the number of unique forms submitted. And if someone's opted out of email... So it's a, you know you know what he's probably thinking of last conversion. Now yes, last conversion, yeah. but that's a page. It's not a form, right? It'll it'll show you the page that they converted on. So, the answer is the form submissions listing in the report that we spoke about comes from a list of forms, not contact records, and it includes all form submissions. And so, a single customer may have actually submitted multiple forms. And that's why you see that. I hope this is clear. You probably need to take a step back and go and have a look at the show notes just to have a look and understand what's going on. Now, Craig, we've got a HubSpot gotcha of the week. All right. Speaking about HubSpot forms, but in another situation, remember back in episode 197, I feel like we were referring to previous episodes a lot this episode. So uh, internal linking for the win there, uh, Ian. But um, remember we spoke about this in 197 when HubSpot, added this new feature, which is great, by the way, where pop-up forms don't necessarily have to have a form. So you Correct. can just have this pop-up where you click and it's just a button. It might go to a page or a download, for example. So it's actually, it's funnily enough, they're called like HubSpot non-form pop-up forms, which is interesting in itself. Anyway, as we noted at the time, when you see a list of those forms, the submissions for these non-form pop-up forms will, of course, be zero. And that's a bit of a gotcha. So just wanted to remind uh, listeners about that. We've got a screenshot so you can see what we're talking about. More importantly, though, thanks to Tara, she's um, said, look, we've got to get this fixed. And we kind of expect it to be fixed by now. They would have changed their reporting, uh, possibly put a few more columns in that uh, layout, uh, but not yet. So Tara's created a community request. Uh, please go and vote it up. Uh, I'm sure it's on their roadmap. I'm sure they've got this in the works, but uh, this might just prompt it. But Craig, you know what? I still love pop-up forms. Oh, I love them. Just the flexibility to target now is fantastic. And the oh, behavioral targeting is a killer. Hey, we should link back to an episode. <laughs> we talked about that as well. It's such a good feature. All right, folks, on to our marketing tip of the week. And... I know everybody, most people that listen to us would probably use Zoom and you've probably seen every time you click on a Zoom meeting link and it opens in Chrome, you get this pop-up that says, do you want to open Zoom? And after a while, it gets really annoying. Anyway, thanks to Craig, he's discovered a way to stop that from happening if you've got a Mac. So follow the link and you can fix it. Yeah, there is a similar fix for Windows as well. Just by the way, to set some context around this, this changed in Chrome, I think 77 or 76 up until 75 and before. You had this little option where you could tick to not be prompted each time. They took that away for some reason. This is a way to get that back and fix it so you don't get this annoying prompts. And 
it's amazing how annoying these little pieces of friction are. And I remember when I showed you today, it's going, oh, and you know, you can fix it. Yeah, it's like the best news we've heard all day. It was for me when I found it as well. It's the little things, Ian, isn't it? That's right, Craig. Now, listeners, our insight of the week, and this is a cracker. Let me give some context. It's We've called it Facebook as a bad butcher. And long-time listeners would actually recall we compared Facebook to cigarettes back in episode 151, and that was in February of 2019. One of the podcasts we like listening to, which is called Craig. Pivot. That's right, with Cara Swisher and Scott Galloway. And uh, she's used in in her New York Times opinion column, she's used a great analogy as Facebook as a bad butcher. Now, Craig, I'm going to get you to read this because I think people have to hear this because one thing I really enjoyed was when you can picture or imagine what this is, and she's hooked it really well to something that we, we would all potentially experience in our lives it just makes it so real she's a storyteller (laughs) but uh, by the way i'll set the context this is around how facebook is attempting to absolve themselves of any responsibility in looking after the content and potentially hate speech etc that is on their platform and they or mark zuckerberg attempts to say look it's not his responsibility here's what Kara swisher says she says think about facebook as a seller of meat products most of the meat is produced by others and some of the cuts are delicious and uncontaminated but tainted meat say trump steaks nice dig there also gets out the door in ever increasing amounts and without regulatory oversight the argument from the head butcher i mark zuckerberg is people should be free to eat rotten hamburger even if it wreaks havoc on their gastrointestinal tract and the seller of the meat should not be the one to tell them which meat is good and which is bad even though the butcher can tell in most cases basically the message is she says that you should find the truth through vomiting and maybe even death in this mr zuckerberg and i'm still quoting from her article is serving up a rancid meal that he says he's not comfortable cooking himself even as his hands control every aspect of the operation which is why i say to him and every executive at facebook you cannot hold on to such enormous power and avoid responsibility when things get tough end of quote your silence speaks volumes there, Ian. It's, it's such a compelling analogy, isn't it? And so simplistic in a way, overly simplistic. I wanted to make a comment about this because if you'd asked my view about this, uh, say, a month or two ago, I would have had a strong answer. However, I guess what I've realized, and I won't actually say what my view is now because that's not the point, but the point is my view is different and also it's almost like I don't have a view because I realize how complex the situation is. And so my takeaway, or my, I guess what I'm hoping, and the reason we've included in the show notes uh, in the show today, is because we need to be informed, but thoughtful and aiming for positive impact. And it's very easy with this article of hers, which I think is a fantastic uh, representation, to be oversimplistic and say, well, it's obviously wrong, and it's okay to say that, but make sure you've thought it through fully. And I'm actually at the point where I can see both sides. I won't say which side I'm leaning on now, but I do hope listeners actually take this and think it through. It actually should be in I guess part of our decision, should we be advertising on Facebook? For many businesses, you have no choice but to. 
but some have boycotted, as we'd be aware of recently. But at least be thoughtful. That's my request. And I guess uh, hopefully we're leading by example. Be thoughtful, marketers. All right, onto our HubSpot hidden gem of the week, Craig. And this is my little discovery for this week is that you can now integrate Google Tag Manager into HubSpot. And it's an option on the integrations tab within the settings under website. Now, here's the caveat. You will still need to have Google Tag Manager code for your blog templates like you did before. This applies to page and landing templates. So if you're using... HubSpot CMS and you're using uh, Marketing Pro, for example, that has landing pages in it, actually even Starter, this is how you would do this. I think this is really good. I I was so pleased when you showed me this today. And yeah, just to reiterate your point there, when you're adding Google Analytics or Google Tag Manager in HubSpot, you've got to do it in two places if you're using the blog as well. Put it in the blog template and in this case, put it on the pages. So it is a gotcha. And we were going through portals today and there's even some clients where it got missed. So it could be a gotcha of the week, but I'm really keen to see this. I'd love to see this just integrate straight through to blogs as well. I don't see why we have to put it in two spots. Maybe that's legacy. Why do you think that is? Do you think that they'll actually update that in time, Ian? I think they will, Craig, as everything merges together. All right. So let's talk about our resource of the week, Craig. And this is uh, from Ben Thompson, who we speak about quite a bit. And he's got a really interesting post about the future of TikTok. And this is on Stratechery, indicating there's a good case that can be made for it to be banned. And I, I was fascinated when you put this in the notes and I was reading it. and I was like, wow. This is mandatory reading, I think, for anyone in marketing and thinking about TikTok as we are. As you know, I've been addicted to TikTok lately. You'd be proud of me, Ian. I actually deleted TikTok from my phone last week, (laughs) but not because of security issues, which is what Ben's article is uh, referring to. I just deleted it because I was wasting so much time. It's such a good app. It's so addictive. It's so well done. It's so addictive. The algorithm is so good. I just had to delete it because as you know, I'm not, I'm hardly ever on Facebook or any of the other social networks, Instagram, very rarely on LinkedIn. Sorry, listeners for how long it takes me to reply, but oh, TikTok just had me hooked. But his post is around the security aspects of TikTok. He actually looks into the China relationship He actually has a really good point about China versus the West in terms of ideology and where both are headed. I think it's really compelling reading. You should read that. What's also flows on from this, and in fact, because, you know, there has been murmurs about America, the US might ban it and they might not, and Amazon did, and then they rolled it back. And of course, Walmart has said, no, it's banned on Walmart business devices and things like that. Follow on from that. Remember, we talked about Benedict Evans back in uh, 189 and his presentation on the next big thing and the next big thing, regulation. And this is what we're heading to. And I think combine those two articles, read them and view them and you get a sense of how technology is moving and the future is going to be a very interesting place. You know, it was funny, Craig, when you put that into the show notes and I I got a message from a friend earlier today. And what was really interesting on Mumbrella, there was a uh, write-up about this, about TikTok running ads. I'm just looking at it while I'm talking to you, listeners. And it says, don't make TikTok a political football. And it gives you the reasons why people need to trust them. So here we are, listeners, them, you know, protecting their position. So I think it's really, it's really important for us as business owners, as marketers, 
to understand what's going on with the tools and the platforms that we use and the impact it has on different people and nations, essentially. So I would encourage you all, if you're driving or running on the beach and listening to us, when you get back to your desk, go back and check out the show notes and actually have a read of this article. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. This is advice from a book called The Road Less Stupid. I think we've mentioned this a few times on the show before by Keith Cunningham. Wonderful business advice. He's talking about strategy uh, and why you should start your thinking with strategic questions. He says, tactical sounds like, what could we do to increase sales? Whereas strategic sounds like, why are our sales numbers not twice as big? What is the core obstacle preventing the doubling of our revenue? End of quote. Hopefully that's thought-provoking. It's just a change of perspective on how you start your thinking. Listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. Please follow us on the socials. Connect with us on LinkedIn. Please tell us that you listen to this show. And thank you to those who have connected with us over the last week. It has been a great pleasure to connect with you guys. And again, if you need help with anything, please don't feel afraid to reach out to us. Go to the website, complete a form, or you can reach out via LinkedIn to Craig and myself. Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot. 